Welcome to Simply Financial with your financial coach, Kevin Ray. In today's investing environment, there's a lot of clutter. If you're tired of the talking heads and financial noise, this is the show for you. Today, we'll help you find simple solutions to financial challenges. We'll show you how to achieve your financial goals and get answers to your toughest questions. Simply Financial with Kevin Ray starts now. Hey, hey, welcome to another edition of Simply Financial. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray. He is your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you all throughout the Tri-City area and beyond, but based right in Pinconning. You can find us online as well at insightfolios.com. And if you have any questions throughout today's show, you can give us a call at 888-885-PLAN. 888-885-PLAN. Well, coming up on today's show, we'll uh, probably get into some social security myths a little bit later on. Um, And some of these are pretty common myths. You may hear or maybe even think these things yourself. So we're going to see why these things are myths and try to bring some truth to that conversation. We'll probably answer a listener question or two before we're done for the day and much more on the way as well. Plus, we're going to have some tough conversations on today's show. I think this will be a great way to uh, kick things off as well, Kevin. We'll get to that in a few moments also. But first, before we get to all of that, I have a fun fact of the week to get us started. Uh, Did you know that kids today take approximately 90 seconds longer to run a mile than their parents did at the same age? That's uh, significant, kind of a sad stat. That, uh, yeah, that's... (laughs) That's different, isn't it? What do you attribute it to? Um, Playstations? Kids not getting outside as much? That yeah, kind of I thing? think I think so. More more gaming, less physical activity. I mean, we know the obesity, you know, problem in the country. So yeah, I would imagine that's probably a direct correlation between mile time and you know increase in obesity. <laughs> so that's yeah, it's not kind good. Of, yeah, that's, that's a significant good. amount, though. Like ninety yeah. seconds over the course yeah. of a mile is definitely a lot slower. So how fast are you on the mile now, Walter? Uh, I, I well, know you had some leg problems and whatnot, but yeah, so when I, you were running, you know, let's go back. The last time I ran a timed mile, it was a five minute mile. It's pretty good. So the, felt, your kids felt are pretty good. Now that was on a treadmill. So I, you know, yeah. I probably couldn't do that outside. It'd be a little bit slower than that, but yeah. I did run a five minute treadmill mile. So um, the fastest I ran outside was when I was in high school. I ran a five thirty. Um, that was back in high school uh, when I ran cross country. So I felt pretty good about a 5.30 outdoors at 17 years old. So it's a seven-minute for the average high schooler now, according to this. Oh, it's seven minutes now? Is that what you're saying? Well, 90 seconds longer, right? You did a 5.30. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I bet it's much higher than that, though, because that would oh. be – that's an athlete – you know, not like I was a supreme athlete, but that was an athlete number. So yeah, yeah. I wonder what the average actually is. I bet it's over 10 minutes. Well, for me, it certainly would be. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not that bad out of shape, but I hate running. So <laughs> your, your, your athletic prowess is on yeah. is on the river, Kevin. So. Yes. I mean, I can walk up in the mountains and no problem. But hey, running, that's, a, that's a college sport, fishing. Yeah. So you can, <laughs> you're still an athlete, my friend. All right. so no I, like the, I like the way you think. Yeah. Yeah. Fishing, fishing is still a sport. So <laughs> I love it. Uh, so there you go. Your fun fact of the week. Uh, don't let that depress you because kids these days are a lot better at video games than the old days. So there you go. That's the, that's the trade-off probably. The fingers and the thumbs are much better. Amazing fingers shape. and thumbs. That's yeah. right. That's exactly yeah. right. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's dive into some tough conversations on the show today because sometimes being a good advisor, Kevin, 
I know we like to have fun on this show and keep things lighthearted, but sometimes when people come in to meet with you, you know, you've got to have uncomfortable conversations, and that's that's being a good advisor sometimes, being able to have those talks and bring maybe something that's uncomfortable up with a client and helping push them in the right direction on some things. So I'm hoping on uh, the next couple of minutes you can tell us how you've helped people navigate some of the trickier conversations that happen in the financial and retirement planning realm. That sound good to you? Sure. All right, let's dive in here. So, you know, death obviously would be something that's just really tough Mm -hmm. to deal with. How does the maybe the death of the first spouse affect the financial plan? And what's that conversation look like when you discuss it with couples or with an individual maybe after the fact? Well, I've been doing this for going on 32 years. And this is the toughest part of my job because I get to know everybody. I've had we just had our client appreciation event, and then one client that showed up, Diane, she's been with me for 31. So, you know, during those years, I get to know you very, very well. And unfortunately, that's the worst part of my job is when we lose somebody, not only does the spouse, you know, you lose your spouse, but there's lots of things that go along with it. So, you know, when we sit down and we talk, the first thing I tell the person is when that happens, you're very emotional. There's no decisions to be made within at least six months, you know, we don't, you know, cause it's a very emotional time. Cause what are we looking at? If you lose it, you know, if you lose, if your spouse passes away, you're going to lose some sort of income and it's going to be social security. So maybe it's yours or maybe it's your spouse's you're earning. You're going to keep the higher of the two. You're also maybe going to lose a pension. So if your spouse that passed away took out a pension and didn't put you on as a, as a survivor, you're, you're probably, or you are going to lose that uh, income. So when we sit down, that's very emotional. It's very raw. Now we have to deal with less income that they were used to going into retirement and maintaining that retirement. So the planning on the other side, you know, we want to we wanna address those things. And then here's the big problem I see, Walter. And it's generally, and I'm not picking on anybody, but one spouse normally takes care of all the finances. And the other spouse, you know, is not really that interested in it or, you know, doesn't take enough time to, you know, to get involved in that process. And the spouse that passes away took care of everything. Now you're left with that. If there's one thing I can tell couples, and we just had a a gentleman in yesterday, he says, do you want my spouse to come back in with me? Absolutely. Because, you know, none of us are getting out of none of us are getting out of this alive. And you need to both be prepared. And when that day happens, when one of you walk out on life that you can go forth and understand the planning process that's been happening up until that point that someone passed away. So get involved in your own planning process. That's the biggest thing I think that I see um, year in and year out is, you know, maybe the husband took care of all the financial plans and then the husband passes away and then the wife is left with that and doesn't know what to do, is paralyzed by fear, you know, doesn't want to necessarily get the kids involved, but most of the time you have, you have to because you need a sounding board, you need somebody else, you know, to, to make help you make decisions. And my advice is get involved. So you're able to handle that when that day comes because it's coming for all of us. Well, I think that's a great point that you make, Kevin, and something we should all be uh, just aware of, that when we go into this financial planning process, we're going to have these tough conversations, and we need to be ready for that. But the great news is if you're working with somebody like Kevin, they've had these kind of conversations before. They know how to navigate you through these waters and you know make that a valuable conversation and a valuable time. About three decades of experience. So you've been doing this for a long time, Kevin, and uh, you've certainly kind of learned the best ways to approach all of these different things, which is fantastic. Uh, what about if nursing home care is needed? When that question comes up, I know that's another topic people like to avoid, right? Well, they do because you're thinking, you know, I'm going to go in nursing. Nobody likes to think that. 
But my advice for that, when couples come in, and I say this all the time, plan for it now. And if you don't plan for it, you're going to deal with it later. It's one of the two circumstances in most cases. So let me give you an example, Walter, if you didn't plan for it now. Or let me give you both examples. Let's, let's step back a minute. So if you did plan for it now, you bought a policy that pays for at-home health care, nursing home, or assisted living. They'll pay for all three policies. Something happens to you or your spouse that you need care, custodial care. You can't handle taking care of your, your spouse right now. Well, you'll have this policy put in place that you can bring somebody into your home because everybody would like to stay at home versus go to a nursing home or assisted living. Or if that's not possible, you can go to assisted living and we'll pay for that benefit. So you don't have that stress on your portfolio going into retirement. Now, the other side is you don't plan for it. And here's what happens in, in Michigan, typically. Now, I'm using broad terms now and broad numbers, but I'm, I'm pretty close. So if you go into the nursing home, here's, here's what happens is they're going to look at your assets and they're going to look back five years and they're going to count your assets. And they say the spouse at home, which is called the community spouse, the spouse that's at home, can keep 50% of your assets up to a maximum. Now, here's the key, up to a maximum of about 121000 So if you have a half a million dollars of assets saved, you're thinking, I just heard 50%, I can, my spouse can keep 250. No, the maximum is about 121000 So you have to spend that 500000 down to 121, then you qualify for Medicaid. Now, and it doesn't take long at $80,000 a year now for the typical nursing home or at-home health care or whatever it happens to be, doesn't take long to spend down through that money. So if that's the case and you're happy and you're good with that, well then don't worry. But if that's on the back of your mind because maybe it happened to your parents, your grandparents, you've seen it happen to your neighbor and you don't wanna go down that, uh, that road, plan for it now. Now remember, you have to be healthy to purchase these policies. And there's many, there's hybrids out there, there's traditional policies, there's all types of things that can be worked with to help you supplement that need if it should occur going down the road. Now, if I ask you, Walter, do you know anybody that's ever been in a nursing home? Uh, I do, yes. Yeah, I, I ask that to everybody and I think it's 100%. Everybody knows somebody. So it happens all the time. But you, like you said, it's on the back burner and nobody likes to plan for it because they don't like to think about it. But yeah. I can tell you, when you're younger, plan for it because the, the premiums are going to be a lot um, cheaper than they are going to be when you get older. And not only that, you have to be healthy in order to get a traditional nursing home policy. So you have to plan for it when you're younger. Great points across the board there, Kevin. Let's uh, squeeze in another one here before we break. Uh, what about the conversation about do we need to keep working longer than we'd planned. Have you ever had somebody come in, they're ready to retire, and you kind of have to deliver them the news like, hey, you're not in bad shape for retirement, but might need to work a little longer. Yes. Doesn't happen often, but you know, I can think of a of a couple who came in here probably three, four months ago. And they came in and, and, and we looked at their plan. We put it together. We looked at their Social Security, and they didn't have any pension, uh, either one of them. Their shortfall was was pretty sizable, and their shortfall was they needed money up and above their Social Security income because that's basically what they had. And they had some investments, but those investments they saved wasn't going to be wasn't big enough to generate the income that was going to need they're they're going to need getting to and through retirement. So the conversation was either you have to you know you have to walk you know work longer, you have to take less income, maybe you take on a part time job. But we do have those conversations from time to time and they're needed you know you you need to know that before you go in, into retirement so with them they're going to work a few more years and then maybe take a part-time job because they started later in life when i mean when i say started later in life they were in their late 50s when they started saving 
And so they're just, they're going to have to do that. And they're probably going to have to work till the 70 because then they can draw their social security benefits going to be much bigger. Uh, but those conversations happen, I would say maybe 5% of the time, 95% of the time you come in, I'm looking at, oh no, we can solve it by doing A or we can solve it by doing B. And we, those are the good conversations on the other side. But once in a while we do have those, you have to work longer than you planned. It's another tough conversation, Kevin, but one that you have to have if you want to put together a solid financial plan. It goes with the same thing for planning for the death of a spouse or talking about nursing home care or, yeah, got to work a little longer than we were hoping to. All of these things are important to discuss as part of the planning process. And if you have not done that yet uh, in your planning, then reach out, have a conversation with Kevin, go through the details of your financial plan and get on the right track so that you can get to and all the way through retirement with more peace of mind, with more understanding about your plan, and with more confidence in your financial future. If you want to set up that time to visit and meet, again, you can come in locally into the office in Pinconning, or you can start the conversation you know, with a Zoom meeting or just a simple phone call. Uh, all of that is a great way to take that first step off the porch and begin the process of proper planning. Call Kevin right now at 888-885-PLAN and just let him know that you'd like to schedule that time to meet or to talk about your plan and see what it's like to get a custom financial plan put in place. Again, just call 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Based in Pinconning, you can also find out more information online at insightfolios.com. But the best way to get in touch is just go ahead and give Kevin a call. You don't have to have all your statements pulled together. You're just expressing interest in getting together for a free consultation. 888-885-PLAN is the number. All right, more coming up on today's show. We'll talk some more about these tough conversations, plus some social security myths and more all ahead today. Hope you're having a great weekend. Look forward to talking to you some more when we come back here on Simply Financial. No need to complicate it. This is Simply Financial. Hey, we're having some tough conversations on today's show, but that doesn't mean we're not still having some fun with Kevin Ray of Insight Folios, your financial coach here on Simply Financial. Uh, based in Pinconning, you can get in touch with Kevin if you have any questions about what we talk about on today's show or some other financial question that might be on your mind. 888-885-PLAN is the number. That's 888-885-7526. And you can always email Kevin as well. Kevin at insightfolios.com is the address. So we've been talking about these tough conversations, how sometimes, you know, being a good advisor is being able to not only have these conversations, but to navigate people through them. And Kevin's telling us about some of his experiences going through these different things. We've talked so far about, you know, what that conversation looks like about the planning for the death of, you know, a spouse, uh, nursing home care, when that's going to be needed. Uh, Nobody likes to talk about that, but we need to. And hey, you got to keep working a little bit longer to have the retirement that you want. None of those things are all that fun to talk about, but they're very, very valuable to bring up and to discuss in depth. Let's talk about the next maybe tough conversation to have. Some people, this may not be that tough, Kevin. Others, a little bit tougher. And this is about the children, perhaps. If you have kids, do they understand the estate plan, the, the legacy planning, and how they fit into it, if at all? Because sometimes that's a, yes, they fit into it, and sometimes, Kevin, that's a, no, they don't fit into it, right? Yeah, why do you think they don't fit into it, Walter? Well, sometimes, you know, mom and dad want to enjoy the money that they've made and, and, and take care of their own retirement first, yep. right? Yep. Or so, maybe they're you know, a problematic child, and that's why they don't fit into it. Yeah. So there's a couple of reasons. The number, the first one you said is, you know, mom and dad really don't want to worry about that. They want to have fun because that's what they worked and saved hard for. And the second reason is they never planned. 
right? So the kids yeah, have no true. idea, and they and they and the parents really have no idea of you know what's going to happen if something happens to them. So that's a tough one when we sit down and we start talking to you know to my clients when they come in. This and seems like one of those conversations where the reasons vary widely uh, as to why do. there's not money being passed to the next generation or why there is, uh, that there's not really one set answer there, is there? No, there isn't. You know, when you said, you know, maybe you have a problem child, we have a, a client who put it into trust because for whatever reason, this, this child can't get it together and then it's going down the wrong path. They only get money out of the trust by whatever W-2 income they produce. So in other words, they have to go to work to get money out of the trust. So that's a big incentive to do that. Other people say, no, I just want my children to get it evenly, and I want them to make their own choices. So when you come into my office, that's, that's, that's different for every single person because every single person's situation is different. So when you want to get your children involved, here's how we do it in my office. As I say, let's bring your children in. If we can get them all in my office, that's great. If not, we'll do a Zoom. But we, we want to start in the office. We want to start involving everybody. We want all of the, you know, the plans, why they're in place, what they're going to do, what they would generally, if mom and dad are gone, what, what they would like the kids to do. So we have it all out on the table. Because if we don't have it all out on the table, and let's say you have three kids, but you leave one in charge, because that's typically what we see, the other two kids may become suspicious of what the one person's doing. So if, by getting everybody involved in that process, I always like to say, listen, you're going to keep them brothers and sisters. Because if you leave one in charge and you don't tell the other two what's going on, then we got the favorites, you know, going on, all, all those types of things. So keep them brothers and sisters. Keep them going forward. And if you want to get them involved, it starts with your advisor. It starts sitting down. It starts letting them in to your life and showing what you've saved and what your ideal situation is. If, you're, if you walk out on life, how you want your children to handle it. But it starts with that conversation. And on some points, they're just whatever's left over, the zero-sum plan, right? I hope I spend my last dime on my last day and whatever's left over, the children can um, have it. But you need to have that conversation so they know what's coming down the pike. Yeah, it's a tough conversation, but one well worth having. And people are going to have different comfort levels of how that conversation evolves and how much communication does need to take place with their kids because some are more open about money than others. And so that's just great to be able to have somebody to bounce ideas off of and navigate through those waters. All right, one more tough conversation to bring up here. And this is when maybe somebody's working with an advisor for a period of time, but they don't know if they're a good fit anymore. And so they're kind of curious, Kevin, you know, like, okay, I think we need to move on from this advisor. But sometimes you become friends with the advisor or there's a close relationship there. There's just like any relationship. It can be hard to end that. And so if they realize they're not a good fit and they ask you, how, how do we separate from this other advisor or they're considering that, how do you navigate that tough conversation? That's a tough conversation because from time to time we'll have somebody come in my office and listen, I've been with this advisor for 15 years and I like this particular person. But I can see after sitting down and do some kind of planning how it doesn't all fit together, how it, you know the puzzle pieces don't come together. Remember, you come first. You should be number one. You know, and I'm going to see from time to time, and it's usually the person that has a lot of products. What do I mean by products? You have nothing but annuities. You have nothing but life insurance, or you have nothing but a certain investment. And that particular advisor just has products. At the time, it may have sounded good, may have looked good, may have smelled good. But does it fit into your puzzle going further into retirement and through retirement to get you to and through retirement? What do I mean by that? You're going to have a shortfall. Most cases, people come in and are going to have a shortfall. You're going to need additional income up and above your fixed income. 
Well, those products do the job to get you to and through retirement. Are they going to generate enough income to get you to and through retirement? Are they, is there a plan put behind them so what's left over goes best to your kids? All of those things come into play. And if your current advisor is not doing that, my advice is this. If you went to a doctor, if you had a serious illness, and you're going to your family doctor that you've had for 30 years because you like that particular doctor, but now you have some, some sort of serious illness, and that doctor doesn't specialize in that. They've been, they're kind of like, you know, just a generalized person. Are you going to go to that person because you have a bad, you know, health problem? Or are you going to seek out a professional? You should come first. Same scenario. So put yourself first. If it's not happening with you, yes, you should look at separating from that advisor, in my opinion, and looking for somebody who's a better fit for you now, because you may have, you know, you've worked all these years. You want to make sure that that hard toil that you did getting to retirement is going to last you through retirement and how do you do that you have to advisor that sits down and does a good planning process where everything that you have fits in there and you know how it's going to produce that additional income you know it's going to be left to the kids and lots of other things that come down the pike with that that's a great point, Kevin. And if you are looking for an advisor to work with here in the Tri-City area, and you want to work with somebody who is local, turn no further than to Kevin Ray and Insight Folios. Kevin was born and raised in Penn Conning, has been serving the area for his whole life, uh, more than three decades of experience pretty much at this point. And if you want to get in touch and schedule a time to visit, or even just ask a couple of simple questions that might be on your mind, you can give him a call at 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. That'll put you in touch and allow you to have that conversation about your financial future. Just pick up the phone, go through the planning process. Although we've talked about these tough conversations on today's show, you should just know that that's, that's just a part of the of the planning process. Most of it's actually pretty enjoyable to go through and a lot of fun. Uh, Kevin makes the process easy and seamless, uh, but make sure that you know these important things don't get overlooked as part of the process because after all, we're talking about likely your life savings and your financial future and your retirement that you've worked hard for. So it is serious business, but we can still have some fun along the way. And uh, Kevin certainly builds that part into the process as well. So if you want to have that deep conversation about your financial future, uh, give a call to 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. All right, there's more coming up on today's show. Stay with us here on Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. What if we told you there was a simpler way to invest? Excellent. Well, that's what we thought. Glad you're with us today on Simply Financial. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you all throughout the Tri-City area. You can find us on insightfolios.com. Click the Listen button to ask questions or to listen to past episodes in case you miss a show at some point. That's insightfolios.com. All right, Kevin, let's talk Social Security. Definitely one of the biggest topics that are, uh, you know, that's on people's minds when they come in to meet with you or when they're first starting to plan for retirement. You know, a good starting point for a lot of folks is, all right, what's Social Security going to look like? And there are lots of myths that surround Social Security as well. And so I want to dive into three of those myths on the program today and uh, walk through these with you to discover why they've become myths and also, you know, what's the truth instead of these myths. So put on your MythBuster hat, my friend, and let's get to these. Oh, we're going back there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, got, got to throw, uh, throw some a shout-out to the old MythBuster show from time to time. There you go. All right. So first one, myth number one, there's a perfect time to start collecting Social Security. Why is that a myth? Well, because there's no perfect time. Everybody's different. You're different than I am. Your dad's different than you are and so on and so forth. 
So it'd be simple, you know, it'd be great if everybody, if I said, you take it at 64 and a half years, because that's the perfect time for everybody. But it isn't. There's lots of things that are going to factor in this. Like, what is your health? I mean, if your health is poor and your life expectancy isn't that long, you don't think, you know, of course you're going to want to take it earlier versus later. You know, that earning decision is different from one person that comes into my office than another person that comes in my office. So one time, you know, it may make sense to wait till you're 70. But the next person, it may make sense to wait till 62 and take it because of different factors out there. So the perfect time mathematically, yeah, wait till, you, wait till you're older. But if you live long enough, that will make sense. But what if you don't live long enough? And the other thing that, that uh, I think people miss overlook is if you take it at, in an earlier age, are you more likely to enjoy that versus waiting to, let's say, you're 70 and... Um, uh, you know, your health may be a little bit less than it was at 62. You may not be as able. Those types of things come into play when we're sitting down and we're talking about it. And if you have, you know, if it helps fill your shortfall early on, all those things come into play. So there is no perfect time to um, start, you know, magic answer for everybody to start um, collecting Social Security. How do I tell you when it is? You come in, we sit down, we do that uh, simplicity plan. And I say, based on this, here is you know, what I think is a good time. And we'll show you mathematically how it all works. And I think you can make a better decision uh, doing it on a plan versus just a heartfelt type um, decision. Not a magic bullet or uh, formula that works for everybody for Social Security. Got to put it in the context of the whole plan. That's the, the big underscoring feature here. It's You can't make Social Security decisions in a vacuum, right? No. That's, that's the big thing. Uh, so great question about Social Security myths. That's one that a lot of people think there's uh, this perfect time to pick it when eh, you can kind of even the same person, Kevin, could have multiple options, right? When you put the plan together, you might say, well, if we do this with all of your other dollars, we do Social Security here. But if we work a little bit, uh, a couple more months, and then we take from this account earlier, we switch it up and Social Security comes much later on in life. You know, there's lots of ways that you can manipulate it. You kind of view Social Security as just another tool to use in the planning process. It is because sometimes we'll say, let's spend down your 401k and let your let your um, Social Security benefit grow because of your tax situation. It makes sense because remember, Social Security can be taxable somewhere down the road. It's all kinds of things that come down the pipe that'll help you make yeah. that decision. All right, another myth about Social Security is that Social Security is going to run out of money, and that's why a lot of people say, you know what, I should grab everything I can right now. And so this is where you get people taking Social Security as soon as they're eligible, right? Yes. Well, you get the people coming in, you know, because it used to say in your statement, Now I've looked at a couple of statements here recently, Walter, it used to say in the year 2033 that there's, you know, that there's not enough money to coming in to cover everybody that's you know they're paying out to so everybody thinks well it's bankrupt well that's just the myth it, what it goes on further to say is there's about you know 77 percent of all of your benefits are going to you know they have enough coming in to cover that so let's look at an example because i had somebody come in the other day and let's just call this person bob now i'm going to give you some numbers here walter okay and we don't have to do any math but okay, at 62, I was starting to sweat a little bit. <laughs> at 62, his benefit would be $1,974 a month. At full retirement age, which is 66 and 8 months, is $2,739 a month. So I'm not going to go in. And at 70, it's $3,470 a month. Big difference, right? $1,974 to $3,470 a month. Big time, yeah. Now, his plan is to take it at full retirement age at, at uh, 66 and 8 months. So that's $2,739 a month. 
if you look at and on your social security statement now if you don't have your social security statement go to www.ssa.gov and get it because you need to get it they don't mail them out anymore except for on certain anniversaries it will tell you in this particular case this person paid in now he's got earnings from 1976 all the way to 2017 and we're talking about this so he's not going to take a social security because he has other other income coming in. he doesn't need it right now but he paid in $131,390 over his working years his employers paid in $137,496 so that's a total of $268,000 almost $269,000 paid in Walter follow me so far following you yep okay he's pulling out $27,39 a month which is quite a bit of money based on what he put put in correct it's about uh, eight I'd nine it's about eight nine years yeah yeah eight nine years he's over taking that out more of than time a, yeah that they put in so if he goes down from 27 39 a month if social security says we only got enough to pay out 77 percent still going to be in the two thousand dollar a month neighborhood i did this illustration to point out that it's not going bankrupt you may get 77% of what you're getting in there, but I don't think that's going to happen either because the politicians want to stay in office. I think they're going to do something to you know, shore it up or fix it or something along those lines. But that's just a good example of saying, no, it's not going to run out of money in the year 2033. There's only enough people paying into the program to pay out about 77% of all benefits that are needed. Now, if we go one step further, and I know I'm going to take a little time on this, if we look at just the amount of people that's paying in now, and that's, this is the reason it's going down, is that in 1940, your life expectancy for a 65-year-old was almost about 40 years. Today, it's 20. So additional six years that we got to plan for. The number of Americans uh, 65 and older are going to increase from 58 million in 2022 to about 76 million in 2035. There's the big thing. And then now there's only 2.8 workers paying in for every person taking out. So you can see why... All this mis misinformation is going on up out there. But where did I get this facts? I got them all off your Social Security statement. Get your Social Security statement. Get involved in that. And this is how you're going to help make smart financial decisions going down the road. Great illustrations. And uh, it's just too bad that sometimes these myths are so widely spread People take them as fact and then build their plan around some of these things. Or, you know, they make the mistake of taking Social Security before they evaluate everything else in their plan and then realize maybe they could have gone about it a little bit differently. So it's, t it's tough when that happens, for sure. And that's one of those big myths, yeah. Fear takes over. Fear takes it's over. not going to be there, mm -hmm. so I better take it now versus let's sit down and do some actual planning. We know that is a powerful emotion, and uh, that, is, uh, that is a tough one. All right, uh, let's do one more here, and it underscores kind of what I've been hinting at this whole time. Myth number three, decisions about Social Security have nothing to do with other financial considerations. I don't know why people think this, but they do make that Social Security decision in a vacuum. Well, they do, and it's intertwined with many other decisions. When we sit down in my office and we start – doing the planning aspect of it on your social security statement i keep going back to that because i want people to go online and get their social security statement it says there it's you know your social security benefit was not meant to be your full source of retirement income so what are we talking about here it's, it's a supplement your income that's what it was made out that's what the, the original intent was so there's lots of things that come down there are, are taxes for example i mentioned it a few minutes ago part of your social security if you cross certain thresholds if you're married if you cross thirty-two thousand of adjusted gross income counting half of your social security into that formula or forty-four thousand, your social security can be taxed all the way up to 85 percent so in other words 
85% of your Social Security could be considered taxable. And that's just like you're getting a W-2, like you're out there earning money. That changed in the 80s. A lot of people still don't know about that. What about your decisions, you know, taking money out of IRAs? I just talked about that a little bit ago. Maybe we take your IRA distributions early on, and then we take your Social Security benefits later on. Why? Because you could possibly pay lots of taxes in that situation. It's not how much you make that keeps, or how much you make that counts, it's how much you keep. Lots of um, scenarios out there that are going to make that decision different for everybody that comes in my office. And how did we determine that? Again, we do that simplicity process. We're going to say if you take it at 62, if you take it at 66, if you take it at 70, here's what your plan looks like. Here's how we can use the dollars that you saved outside your working or during your working career, whether it be IRAs, 403Bs, after-tax money, whatever it is. Here's how we're going to supplement your income. Here's how we're going to take those dollars you saved and we're going to generate income to get you to when you start taking Social Security. And if we do it this way, it saves you X amount of dollars on taxes going down the road. All those things are important. So Social Security is an integral part of the planning process when we sit down and we do it because there's many different variations that we can do and we can look at and we can make sure that it's in your best interest when you start that Social Security conversation. So if you're confused about that, don't be, you know, don't be worried about it. Most people are. Start with getting your Social Security statement. Go to www.ssa.gov. All these things are laid out on their Social Security statement. How much you paid in, how much you're going to get out, how much if you get disabled early, how much if you pass away early, your spouse is entitled to. All those things are there. And then when you sit down and you do the planning process, you're able to have some numbers in front of you to look at each different scenario to help you make good financial decisions. And that's what it's all about. Start making good financial decisions. And how do you do that? Start with the planning process. The planning process starts with a phone call to Kevin Ray, and you can do that by dialing 888-885-PLAN. That's all you have to do, 888-885-PLAN is the number, and you can get in touch, have a conversation about your financial future, go through the planning process. It can be a simple phone call that begins it all, or you can get uh, really in-depth right out of the gate. It's totally up to you, but whatever uh, you know motivates you to take better steps with your financial plan, Please uh, don't procrastinate. Pick up the phone. Give Kevin a call today at 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Make sure you're on the right track to get to and all the way through retirement, that you're making good decisions about Social Security and all the other elements that go into your financial plan. It all starts with a phone call, 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. All right, more coming up on today's show. You're listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on today's show. My question for you this week, Kevin, what's your favorite story about your grandparents? Ooh, that's a good one. You're making me think here for a minute. Now, I'm, I'm a little bit unusual. When I graduated from high school, uh, Walter, I had five grandmothers. Oh, meaning wow. Great, great, that and is so unusual. On. At that time, I had one grandfather. So I have more grandmother stories than I do grandfather stories. That's okay. We can go with a grandmother story. So with my mom's mother, her story was she lived in Bay City. She lived not too far from Veterans Bridge. And then, you know, her story was one day my ship's going to come in. I'm like, Grandma, what do you mean my ship's going to come in? You know, one day, you know, she'd always say my ship's going to come in. And then we'd be sitting in the living room and then you'd hear the ship come through Saginaw River. And I say, is that the ship? She goes, no, 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 that's not my ship. My ship's still coming in. Oh. Um, 
But she would, you know, she would say that all the time. And then, uh, if, you know, she was meaning one day I'm going to retire, you know, and everything's going to be set. The other, the other grandmother, her mother, so that would be my mother's grandmother, I was her first great grandchild. And every time I seen her, she reminded me, you're my first great grandchild. She'd take her finger and her thumb and she'd pinch my right cheek. So if you come in and look at me today, my right cheek is going to be bigger than my left cheek because she did that for 37 for, years. From all those years of pinching. Nice. <laughs> yes. Nice. And my, she'd always have slowpoke and she'd always have raisins. And my dad would come over and say, don't give him that slowpoke. And she'd say, oh, you be quiet. That's got milk in it. That's good for him. So I always, I always liked that. And then my dad's mother would say, all right, what are you turd birds up to today? Turd and birds? Oh turd birds. Remember we talked about that? In your, you know, That's right. I forgot about, about that. Yeah. So, you know, I so said, what are you turd birds? And she'd have this kind of nice little laugh and, you know, she'd have this smile and she had these bigger glasses on and her, when she laughed, her cheeks would come up and push these bigger glasses and she was just a hoot too. And my, and of course I had a great, great grandmother too. And then on, on both sides and I don't have too much memories though, but those three grandmothers, they're a big part of my life, and you know we had fun. I'd stay with them during the summers, and you know, it was just it was just a lot of fun. How about you? You got to have some good memories. That is fantastic. Yeah, lots of great memories. Uh, my grandparents. Um, I'm just thinking about my uh, my dad's folks right now. I got to see them uh, just a couple of weeks ago and visit with them, and we were doing all sorts of reminiscing uh, about things. And uh, I, I think back to, uh, a lot to when I was younger. One of my favorite memories is. Uh, when we were at their house in New Jersey for Christmas one year, um, you know, all the presents had been opened, you know, everybody was moving on with the day and I went outside to go throw the football with my dad. And while we were throwing the football, we noticed something up on the roof and there was a package that had been left up on the roof. And, uh, so we were like, Oh my God, Santa dropped a present on the roof. <laughs> and we go up there and of course it's for me. Oh my gosh. And it was a uh, New York giants Jersey and, you know, opened it up right there in the driveway. And it was just such a cool, creative, you know, uh, thing to create on, um, you know, on, on Christmas day like that. It was just a very fun, very different. He was always thinking of very creative things to do like that. He was very, very strong, very powerful. And uh, even to this day, he's just extremely strong, even though he's uh, getting getting close to the, the 90 mark now. And uh, it was great to see him a couple of weeks ago. And we were reminiscing about all sorts of funny stories of when they were questioned by the authorities when they were taking me into Canada to go uh, to go sightseeing in Canada one year. And they, were, they didn't have a note from my parents. And apparently this was cause for concern. And we got pulled over by customs, pulled us out of the car and had us go into the office. And we had to ask all, answer all these questions. And you know, my, <laughs> my grandparents are just like, oh, no. Oh, what are we doing here? So just lots of great those. memories of going to going to amusement parks with them down in Florida on spring break. And uh, grandma always, I think my favorite memory of my grandmother, because they live in Maine now, is we uh, they had a boat for a while up in Maine. And we would go out on the boat. And I'll never forget this one time. Grandma goes, would anyone like a snack? And, you know, we turn around expecting, you know, a cookie or, you know, something. Just, you know, normal snack food. She holds up a bag. It's a gallon bag of nothing but lobster claws. It's just Ooh. completely packed with lobster claws. She's like, anyone want a snack? So we're just sitting on the boat eating lobster claws. And we're like, man, this is this is the life. And that was like a very grandma thing to do. Just like anytime there's a quote-unquote snack, it's, it's an incredible spread of something, you know, in excess, but in, in the best ways. So, yeah, lots of memories that's, like that. I could go on for hours, I'm sure. So. When people come in our office, I say, you're creating sticky moments, right? Because they'll stick in your brain. You, yes. You, you pull sticky them out. I, pull them. I like they're that. Sticky, they're sticky moments, you know. And with me, we talked about food. My, my one grandmother made Dutch flare soup, you know. I still miss that to this day, you know. And, mm -hmm. and all those things that went along. So 
you know, when it comes down, you know, we're talking about planning and all this stuff and every weekend and week out, make sticky moments. Yeah. Because, you know, when, when we're gone, when we walk out on life, those sticky moments are going to remain. And how do you do that? Just have fun and, and go about your normal days and do some planning and those kind of things. Some great sticky moments, though. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to end the program today. We created, I think we created some sticky moments on the show today, Kevin. This was a lot of fun, talking, reminiscing, so. going down memory lane a little bit, and also learning a bit about financial planning as well. If you have any questions about something you've heard on the show today, please give Kevin a call. You can talk to him about what's on your mind, how to best put together your own financial plan in the future. You can give him a call at 888-885-PLAN. Come by the office in Pinconning. You can go on the website as well at insightfolios.com. But again, while it's on your mind, give him a call. If you get the voicemail, leave a message, and you guys can catch up and chat later. 888-885-PLAN is the number. That's 888-885-7526. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll talk to everybody next time right back here on Simply Financial. Have a great weekend. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through individually licensed and appointed agents in various jurisdictions. Insight Folios, Inc. does not offer legal or tax advice. Kevin Ray is an investment advisor representative of Insight Folios, Inc.